1: The virus coronavirus has
2: killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst always because if you don't, and the worst happens.
4: War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, good morning. Welcome to War Room Pandemic, episode 315, here on Tuesday, August the 4th, the year of our Lord 2020, broadcasting. Out of Capitol Hill, a very rainy and windy Capitol Hill here in Washington, D.C. Got Jack Maxey and Raheem Kassam here in the studio on America's Voice.news on Newsmax TV, blown through the CCP's firewall by G News and GTV, subtitled in Mandarin, and of course on the John Fredericks Radio Network. We're across all the podcast platforms. We encourage you to download and subscribe over to Stephen K. Bannon.
3: Yeah, thanks. There's a storm. I guess the uh, hurricane is uh, coming, has come ashore and has hit uh, Washington. and We're getting ready for the uh, the storms brewing here. But we're going to turn this entire virtual first hour of the show over to this, this uh, huge debate we're having right now by hydroxychloroquine and these other drugs that can be used as prophylactics or early stage therapeutics. I think it's vitally important that the White House really start to focus on action, 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 whether it's TikTok, whether it's this, uh, the WHO's uh, inability to investigate the Chinese Communist Party about the origins and source of the CCP virus uh, that just broke yesterday. We're going to get into all into today's show, but we must focus on this issue of hydroxy. Jack, I know we got a very special guest, a real patriot, one of the bravest guys we know, uh, is, is uh, off of his sickbed to join us today. Jack, why don't you take it from here? We're going to do the whole show. we got Dr. Yan Uh, Dr. Vliet, for this first hour to go through this issue. Jack, I want to turn it back over to you.
2: Wow, people, we have a great show this morning, and we have joining us Dr. Zev Zelenko. All of our listeners know him as a great hero of humanity. He is recovering from serious operation last week, but he is still and always in the fight for saving human lives. This is the motivation of this great American doctor. Dr. Zev Zelenko, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me. It's
2: a big honor. Dr. Zeb, I think our biggest news today is this uh, release that was just occurred of this emergency considerations for FDA licensure versus emergency youth authorization of COVID-19 vaccines. It's an internal document from the FDA. I know that you tweeted about it this morning. And what really concerns me, Dr. Zev, is it seems as if there's a different criteria for these money making vaccines than there is for an off patent 70 year old medicine that could be a game changer. And I'd love for you to talk about that, because I really think that the president needs to be aware that he is being played by his own FDA. So
1: first of all, I want to reassure the entire American people, there's no reason for panic we have a effective treatment and a a safe effective treatment and also a good prophylactic approach Um, if it's applied nationally scaled nationally we can reopen the economy immediately there's no the pandemic is not covid 19 anymore the pandemic is the lies of certain people in our that have violated the public trust so regarding this internal document that uh, came to light it's an fda document which uh, I can uh, post later, but it gives you the criteria for getting an emergency use authorization for a medication. So there's two, two points we need to address. Um, how effective does the drug need to be before it gets the criteria? And the other is, there must be no other drugs available in order to get an emergency use authorization. Otherwise, new drugs have to go through the standard FDA process. So that's an either-or situation. If hydroxychloroquine is, is somewhat effective, that's the criteria. According to Dr. Fauci, he, he has the biggest lie to the American people, which is that you need random controlled trials uh, in order to get anything through the FDA. That is not true. That's never been the historical precedent. Uh, and almost no other medication that has ever have to meet those standards. This is an artificial obstacle used to do to confuse the situation. So here's the facts. It's a very simple. When you boil down to the truth, the truth, God is one. And also, it's simple what's been going on. Hydroxychloroquine, in combination with zinc, it's very important that we re- remember that. It works incredibly well. I published uh, my data. It's it's available for public review. Uh, Incredible results: 84 percent reduction in hospitalization, a decrease in death rate from uh, by 90 percent essentially. So if you scale this globally, or at least nationally, what we've done is converted COVID-19 into an uh, like any other infection that we can treat effectively. There's no reason to close the economy. There's no reason to have a body count of over 150,000 dead Americans. And the only reason why this happens, the only reason why it happened is Dr. Fauci and the forces that he represents do not want hydroxychloroquine to have an emergency use authorization because if that's the case, the drugs like remdesivir and the vaccines cannot by FDA internal standards get an emergency use authorization. I'll read you it says there's no adequate approved and available alternatives so if hydroxychloroquine is available the r- drugs like remdesivir and the vaccines by their own internal rules cannot get an emergency use authorization there's 150,000 dead americans because people like dr fauci are have attempted to push through drugs like remdesivir and vaccines because those are the money-making um, drugs and not a drug that's worth, that costs 50 cents a pill.
2: It's frightening, doctor, and it sort of shows you, it seems to me, what the the combination between the phar- big pharma and our FDA and our CDC, the fact that they're pushing new patentable, quote, cures when we have one available, I mean, it's it's, and we see this with amoxicillin, right? rish gave us the perfect example that never went through a bl- double blind study, but we use it to treat strep throat every single day, and it's not patentable either I'm sure they're looking for a new, better, more costly version of amoxicillin if they could find one
4: Doctors a are like, smoke and mirrors in other words sorry doctors oh, are like, uh, sorry. i just want I just want to come in on that because i i want I, I want if you can to explain that again. Uh, pertaining to this this emergency use, use and and specifically you mentioned two things, and it seems like a pretty big bombshell to me, it seems like a pretty big bombshell to the people in the live chat. so I just want to make sure we state this unequivocally correctly. the The document you're talking about the emergency use you're talking about, number one is the what we're looking at is how effective does it need to be, and number two, that there can't be any other drugs with any level of e- efficacy in this in this environment for there to be a vaccine.
1: And, uh, right, so the criteria, how effective, according to internal FDA um, criteria, does it have to be, quote, may be effective, end quote, may be effective. It doesn't say that it needs uh, random control, double-blinded placebo tri- um, trials. No other drug needs that. This has been a smoke and mirrors campaign by Fauci and his type in order to confuse the American public and to make them think that uh, hydroxychloroquine does not meet the standards of treatment and safety and efficacy, which, which it exceeds those standards exceedingly well. And again, just to say it's an either or situation. Mm. If there is an effective medication, which there is, it's hydroxychloroquine and zinc and with an antibiotic, azithromycin or whatever, that means that there is a, a available Alternative, which means no other emergency use authorization will be given according to FDA internal rules. The pandemic is severe, and so the doc- vaccines are coming would not, would not qualify.
4: No, that's this, doctor. That's 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 huge news, is it not? And and I just want to ask you as a follow-up to that. I know you've mentioned it already, but I just want to ask you again for clarification on this. Dr. Fauci's role in all of this just to be explicit with us if you wouldn't be explicit for our audience where do you believe this man is coming at this issue from is he willfully lying to the American public
1: yes he's willfully lying to the American public what his role is he he has an oath to serve the public and to uh, act in the best interest of the public he does not do that he acts in the best interest of whoever's behind him funding him uh, supporting him. So, uh, what he's done is sold out the sold out the American people. He there's 150,000 dead corpses, most of which could have been avoided if Dr. Fauci would have done the moral and correct thing. Dr. Zev,
2: one other question that I I think is very important in this, because we've spoken to doctors around the world who had been using hydroxychloroquine, but then when Fauci and the regime at the FDA came out and said it was so dangerous, there are doctors even in Africa who have 25 years of experience in their professional careers giving hydroxychloroquine out to many, many people for treatment of malaria have now found themselves reluctant to prescribe hydroxychloroquine for uh, people who are suffering from COVID-19, and we're seeing this in Latin America, too. We're seeing it particularly in Brazil. The Brazilian opposition to HCQ is using Fauci as their rationale for not allowing this drug to be more widely distributed inside Brazil. They're using FDA, Han. So there are literally billions of people around the world who are waiting for these guys to do the right thing, and to me, it's somewhat horrifying that here we are, the United States of America, we're supposed to be the leaders of science, and, and we are part of the problem, it seems to me, in this situation. I wonder if you could address how important this is for the globe, not just the United States.
1: So, The World Health Organization removed its uh, support of hydroxychloroquine uh, based on a study that was published in Lancet and then retracted due to fraud. In other words, that study, which Lancet supposedly did its due diligence and peer review, was fraudulent. However, the WHO used that study as a basis to uh, uproot its support of hydroxychloroquine. And you, I've consulted for seven different governments. They've asked me to help them manage their COVID-19 response, including Brazil, by the way. and. What what that did is essentially uh, took away the political support and the political will for countries to implement and do the right thing. It's tragic, and there's uh, I don't know over a million dead, unnecessarily, in my opinion. Um, Let me tell you something else, a very interesting thing. Let me tell you something else. I don't know if you realize the FDA took away the emergency use authorization. From hydroxychloroquine and if you look into the details for their rationale listen to this please very carefully one of the the basis for their removal of the emergency use authorization was the fraudulent lancet study after it was retracted
2: wow <laughs> wow that's frightening i mean it actually when you think of the dead it brings tears to your eyes doc
4: Dr. Zelenko, we've got about a minute here. I want to see if we have Steve Steve on the line with us. Uh, Steve, would you would you do you have anything to jump in here? And uh, do, would you like to hold Dr. Zelenko over to the next segment?
3: Well, I would love I would love to hold Dr. Zelenko over for the for the next segment. I think what he's talking about is pretty uh, pretty much a blockbuster. Particularly these, uh, it's pretty stunning. Uh, of what Dr. Fauci, I mean, we're six months into yep. this. Dr. Zelenko, as you guys remember, was heroically using this back up, I think it was in Yonkers, Yeah. Uh, in, in February. You know, we started the show in January. He was one of the first heroes to step forward on the front line of this. Yep. This is six months afterwards. This is a catastrophe, and people in charge have got to start acting like they're in charge.
4: Let's take that quick break, pay some bills here. We'll come back with Stephen K. Bannon, Jack Maxey, Raheem Kassam, and the heroic Dr. Zelenko returns. The hashtag War Room Pandemic in just a moment. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide.
4: War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, 2020 has been a gut punch to American business. And if you're going to succeed, you need every possible advantage. Smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system and a sponsor of this show. You can get your free guide right now at netsuite.com slash Bannon. Welcome back to War Room Pandemic, episode 315. Jack Maxey, Raheem Kassam, Stephen K. Bannon, and Dr. Zev Zelenko, uh, the... One of the greatest heroes of all of this, and I'm sure we're going to look back on this and this time and look back on, on what happened in early March, what happened in New York, and, and everything that we've heard since. All the all the pushback from, from, from the very bottom of the rung, of the ladder, of the, the low-level doctors across the country, right up to the top of the president's task force and the president of the United States himself on the HCQ issue. This will be one of the things that we remember and look back at for years and years and decades on decades dr zev i want to see if we can throw it over to Stephen k bannon here i know he has a question i know the the line is choppy um but come rain or shine we bring you this show so let's let's try and, uh, uh, and pass it over to steve steve
3: yeah you know I, I think it's magnificent that dr rish and dr zelenko dr vliet dr jan uh, that they're all coming on, that they're all digging up information, that Dr. Risch found on, in, on the uh, FDA site, this explosive uh, uh, piece of information. But, but my point is that Dr. Zelenko is a hero because, I think it was in February or March, as a frontline physician taking care, I think it was the Hasidic community, or one of the Jewish communities up in Yonkers around New York City, that stopped what could have been the biggest tragedy of the entire time of the first wave, of the pandemic in New York where he proved this uh, work. Here we are in, in August, and now we're having people that are not on the task force and not the White House. The White House and the task force has to step up here. Dr. Risch, Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Lee, Dr. young they have full-time jobs, okay? It's, it's not their responsibility to dig this up. What's so stunning to me is this is just found now because of Dr. Risch at Yale, and, and people like Dr. Zelenko and others are doing, you know, uh, uh, they're the laboring your uh, ores in this thing. They're spending all this time doing this. It's now part of the apparatus. The apparatus is at war with itself. And we need some reason and some enlightenment. Dr. Zelenko, I just want to throw it back to you. Where does the responsibility lie? You're a frontline physician. You know, uh, Dr. Vleet, you, you people, you're, you're, you're not officially a part of this. You're essentially volunteers. Why is it that we don't have the official part of this huge government task force that pulls together the power of the greatest minds in the medical profession? Why is it not bringing up to the president, right? Or to the chief of staff or the president, hey, here's what the issues are and here's how you have to act immediately.
1: So let me give you some uh, historical events. Um, The COVID-19 pandemic hit the community that I serve. I just, it's not Yonkers, it's in Monroe, New York, but there were 35,000 people there. And I was one of the first that had to deal with a uh, mass casualties. And um, I, I started experimenting and developing therapeutics. When I When I started to see that people stopped dying and stopped going to the hospital using hydroxychloroquine and zinc, I made a, a video addressed to the President of the United States it was my first video. I didn't even know how to make videos. My son had uploaded to YouTube. And uh, the next day, his, uh, Mark Meadows called me, the chief of staff. He was, I think he was the incoming chief of staff. And he wanted to know what I, what, I, what I was doing. So the president had mentioned that hydroxychloroquine might might be a game changer. And it is. And this is a huge political political win for the president and his enemies know that. And what happened was... Uh, my work proved my community had the lowest death rate, had the lowest death rate of any comparable community. And so what happened was uh, I met the standards to, to, uh, for FDA standards to have an emergency use authorization, um, my daughter came to visit, uh, to have an emergency use authorization uh because it may be effective it was much more than may be effective it's actually curative. so but but there were forces that confused the president that uh um, vilified and fear-mongered hydroxychloroquine usage Uh, and the reason why because they had up the pipeline remdesivir and vaccines that they wanted to push through with and to get the emergency use authorization so hydroxychloroquine stood in the way of trillions of dollars, and so there's hundred and fifty thousand dead Americans, and much more, many more, many more people around the world, because the world listens to the American FDA, uh, which I don't recommend, by the way, um, are are dead simply because uh, of people like Dr. Fauci and the forces behind him. Wow and, and my up. message to the president
4: go ahead go ahead my questions
1: to the president forgive me but I think the president's instincts are better than all his advisors combined and I beg the president to please just follow your instincts it has served you well and it will continue to serve you well and more importantly will serve the American people
4: well Dr Zelenko let me tell you we we don't mind the extra guest on this show we're very appreciative to it and the 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 live streaming audience Uh, Wishes you and your your daughter well as well. Jack, just before we um, jump to Dr. Vliet, do you need... uh, Yeah, Dr.
2: Zev, I just wanted to say one thing. I think one of the things that I think has been betrayed here is the trust of the American people. And the default, it seems to me, for the FDA and the CDC has been to default towards big pharma and big profits at the expense of human life. And to me... That is really quite terrifying because their mandated job is for the individual Americans, not for Pfizer, not for Johnson Johnson, whoever else is working on a vaccine.
1: I have a question: How much is a human life worth?
2: Well, you you could actually do the uh, calculation on the stimulus bill for the last uh, several months and divide one hundred fifty-five thousand dollars into it, so. It's worth quite a lot in uh, real dollar amounts, but uh, ironically, its uh, they're always going for the most expensive valuation.
1: A human being is made in the image of God, and we have a spark of the divine, and that's the basis of the sanctity of life and the basis of natural law, and that's why we have human rights.
2: Amen, doctor. Thank and you so much. Anyone-
1: Go ahead, doctor. Anyone who violates uh, that sanctity for profit, this is a this is a battle of good versus bad. But, let's just make it very, very simple. There are forces of good who value life, who value the sanctity of life, and and, and there are those that would sacrifice that. Wow. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, this has been a repetitive story from the beginning of time. Yeah. And we're just seeing it play out by, by way of the COVID-19 um, of
4: course. Well, Dr. Zelenko, just, I just want to say once again, from on behalf of our entire audience and everyone here in the War Room, firstly, thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Secondly, of course, we wish you all the best and every single person out there watching this is praying for you and your health and your well-being and your family and beyond and I just want to say once again mm-hmm. I know I know how much it, you know it can take out of you to do interviews like this but we're very very grateful not for, just for that for everything you're doing and the audience you can follow at Zev underscore doctor on Twitter is that right doctor correct All thank
1: right.
4: you so much thank you god, god
2: bless you god bless you too doctor right
4: here we're going to bring in uh dr elizabeth of uh from tucson arizona hey Who's hey, hey in, uh, uh ga- ga- rahim yes go ahead
3: hey rahim right before we bring in dr vliet Right before we bring in Dr. Vliet, I just want to say one thing is yeah. that, you know, Dr. Zelenko, this is why he's such a hero, I think, to so many people. Not only is he a uh, frontline guy who stood up and, and helped that, you know, stop that catastrophe, he underlines what this battle is all about. And he does this why he's very, very, very ill. He's still a fighter. Yeah. This is the underpinnings. He just outlined the underpinnings of the Judeo-Christian West. And I, you know, just for this audience, particularly for the Bernie and the progressive Democrats, economic nationalists in the show, there's no political affiliation on your death certificate. There's no Democrat or Republican. There's no progressive or right wing populist. This is about saving the lives of American citizens or even non-citizens who happen to be in the United States. We're in the middle of this pandemic. And that's why heroes like Dr. Vliet, Dr. Rich. Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Yan, and others are stepping forward. Remember, they get a tremendous amount of blowback and grief in doing this. There's no, there's no upside for them. But I got to tell you, I want to go once more back to where the problem, the White House has got to get on top of this. The task force has got to get on top of this. This document should not have been had to be found by Dr. Risch. And it shouldn't be Dr. Vliet that we're imposing upon her busy schedule all the time as she volunteers to come on here, or Dr. Zelenko, who's on his, you know, is very ill, right, taking time away from his family. The task force, it's their responsibility to get on top of this. It was their responsibility to find this document. Not a bunch of people that have full-time jobs otherwise. I couldn't be madder that this thing is just coming up now, giving all the deaths that we've had all the destruction we've had, all the suffering and agony we've had—it's not acceptable, and it's not acceptable to the task force. It's their responsibility to be on top of this, and so I think you got to put—you got to be accountable. If you want other people to be accountable, you've got to be accountable. So I want—I tell you, this thing makes me so mad—it's outrageous. We're here in August, and now we're having this huge fight about this when this all should have been put to bed back in uh, in in March and April. Raheem, back to you in the studio for Dr. Vliet.
4: Yeah, Steve, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that, and um, I think we better take a quick break here. We're about thirty seconds out from a break before we bring Dr. Elizabeth Vliet in for the next segment. Dr. Jan will be joining us on the show as well in the next hour. We have Evan Sayer, author of "Woke Supremacy: An Anti-Socialist Manifesto," who will be joining us. To another action-packed show here on the War Room in- let me ask you a favor out there, ladies and gentlemen. In the break, hit the share buttons, tweet, parlor, Facebook. Get as many people watching this as possible. we'll be right back. War Room. Pandemic. With Stephen K. Bannon.
0: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide.
4: War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, 2020 has been a gut punch to American business. And if you're going to succeed, you need every possible advantage. One of those, and it's a big one, is NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite, a great sponsor of this show. Smart companies run on NetSuite because it gives you the visibility and control over your financials, your HR, your inventory, everything all in one place. Whether you're doing a million or a hundred million in sales, You'll have the agility to compete with anyone, work from anywhere, and run your whole company right from your phone. So join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. They surveyed hundreds of businesses across the United States and assembled a playbook of top strategies those businesses are using as America reopens for business. You can get your free guide, Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now. And schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Bannon. That's netsuite.com slash Bannon. You're back in the war room. Episode 315 of Hashtag War room Pandemic. We're bringing in here uh, somebody who's become a very regular guest of the show. We're very grateful for it. We're very grateful for her time. Dr. Elizabeth Vliet joins us from Tucson, Arizona. I want to hand over to Dr. Jack Maxey in studio to walk us through this one, Jack.
2: Well, Dr. Vliet, thank you so much for joining us. You, I hope you were able to hear the discussion that we had with Dr. Zev. And uh, also, we'd love to hear your uh, take on this new document coming out of the FDA, essentially saying that, uh, you know, de- designing this so that it's for remdesivir and for uh, the vaccines, these emergency use authorizations, it's really quite frightening. The EUA standard, quote, may be effective, except for hydroxychloroquine. Dr. Bleed, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Jack, and I really want to just, um, emphasize Dr. Zelenko has truly been a profiling courage and has led the country here as Dr. Raoul did in France to speak out and to treat patients and show the success if you treat early. And he has been such a leader, I've been inspired by his work and is fitting with what I was seeing in the research I was doing, and he has treated so many patients so well. It's a blessing to his community, and also Steve Bannon nailed it with what he said about the problems with the task force. And just let me comment at the beginning. You know, there's an old maxim that says, "Never ask the people that got you into trouble to get you out of the trouble." Mm-hmm. And I do think President Trump has good instincts. I think he has known from the beginning from the data he was getting around the world with the success early on with hydroxychloroquine given early, China, South Korea, and other countries, India, for example, where they've done much better at controlling the outbreak and the death rate than we did. And at this point in time, it's very clear that the strategy we've been using has not been working. Our death rate is the highest in the world. We've had another 28,463 deaths since July 1 when Henry Ford team of physicians and Baylor Cardiology Group sent an urgent letter to Dr. Hahn at the FDA and said we need this early approval for outpatient use. Get the governors off our backs let doctors make the decision, let the frontline doctors who are out there trying to save lives, let us do our job. And in that period of time, while Dr. Han is delaying, we've had another 28,463 Americans die that did not have to die if treatment had been available. And my, my comment at this point is this task force needs to be turned over to a team of doctors and certified emergency managers experienced in operational medicine. And there has to be a return to the basic national pandemic plan that's been in existence for some time. And it's almost as if Dr. Fauci hasn't been aware of that plan. And I know from my contacts that we we had, there was a, a memo to the FDA in April alerting them to the fact that the best use for hydroxychloroquine was for early use in still ambulatory outpatients i sent a letter to the president on april 10th that senator johnson had requested our help with our medical organization the association of american physicians and surgeons and within 48 hours we had 1300 physicians and healthcare professionals from across the country signing the letter that I drafted and, and gave to Senator Johnson to let him work it at the way he thought it should be done. And we, he took that to the president that talked about this very issue. Hydroxychloroquine was known at studies at NIH and CDC 18 years ago that it worked well against the SARS coronavirus one in the early stages in the in vitro studies that were done that showed it stopped the virus from binding to the cells and from the virus from replicating. They knew that. It was done at CDC and NIH. There's no way. It was published by the Journal of Virology in 2005. Why is it 15 years later? And we now have the leader of the task force, both Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, discrediting hydroxychloroquine when the, their own agency studies showed that it had effectiveness in cell cultures against this virus, and the studies, China and South Korea were using it successfully. They shared the data with India and Turkey and Iran. They were all using it successfully. China sent hydroxychloroquine to Turkey and Iran back in December. Doctor, and Fle- why is it that we are sending doses of hydroxychloroquine from the national stockpile yep. to Brazil to help Brazil, right. and they're getting control of their death rate? And yet, Do- American citizens doctor. are denied access to this FDA-approved drug because the politicians, the governors, have interfered, and because the FDA is delaying approval. This is absolutely unconscious. Doctor,
4: doctor, and I'm doc- doctor, cons- let us let us jump in because we're limited on time, so we want to get to everything here, Jack. Dr. Bleed, I I wanted you to to
2: know, I don't know if you know this, but the Henry Ford Hospital put out a letter to the world yesterday saying that they were no longer going to comment on Dr. O'Neill's study. They said that the well has been poisoned because of all the comments that Dr. Fauci had made criticizing their study unfounded. He ends the letter saying, unfortunately, The political climate that has persisted has made any objective discussion about this drug impossible, and we are deeply saddened by this turn of events. Our goal as scientists has solely been to report validated findings and allow the science to speak for itself, regardless of political considerations. To that end, we have made the heartfelt decision to have no further comment about this outside the medical community. Thank you for your support. But to me, this is frightening. This is Dr. Fauci. This is Dr. Hahn literally suppressing speech from one of the great research hospitals of planet Earth. This to me is kind of Orwellian, and we're watching this play out across the country while people are actually dying because of it.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think it's quite chilling. And listen, I was in the Soviet Union in 1974. I know what totalitarianism feels like. And to suppress this medical information from Henry Ford and to discredit it the way that has been done is, I, I really think, is uh, has a sinister overtone that is very alarming. It, it's almost Stalinistic in what is being done. And I think this is appalling. I think there is plenty of information that the FDA is misrepresenting what they are putting out to the public. They put yeah. out a warning that said that outpatient use was carried harm and it was all based on inpatient data and they knew that. I think we need to get Attorney General Barr looking into exactly what's going on and why is there such suppression of reliable scientific information Yeah that is costing lives. People are dying and these families are losing loved ones. And uh, I agree with Dr. Zelenko, this is just outrageous. It's, we we cannot continue this. President Trump has got to step up. He has got to issue these emergency executive orders, mm-hmm. get the governors off our backs, get the FDA, make this drug available to Americans now.
4: Okay, Dr. Lee, uh, we've got a few minutes left here and I just wanna, I wanna get the case restated here for the audience and indeed for myself and for everybody who's going to catch this in a in a clip format in in you know in short format on YouTube whatever it is later on in the day and I just want to reset because there are people still live joining the show who didn't get a chance to listen to the opening segment with Dr. Zelenko I want to go back to this emergency use this document that's come out uh, that's been either leaked out or or found out by somebody at, from the FDA talking about the considerations for FDA licensure versus emergency youth authorization authorization of COVID-19 vaccines. And Dr. Vliet, in in layman's terms, as much as layman's terms can apply to something like this, please just explain to us why there is such a smoking gun around this document and what people need to understand what the takeaway is, because I guarantee the audience out there, you will be hearing about this on the nightly news on the uh, opinion news shows in the evenings. People are gonna start writing about it, but you heard it here as one of the first places and Dr. Vliet's gonna walk us through it right now. Dr. Vliet, just take us back through those two key points uh, that, um, that Dr. Zelenko hit at early on in this show. How effective does it need to be? And there must be no other drugs available.
0: Well, it's public document. It's on the FDA website. Emergency use authorization qualifying criteria, evidence of effectiveness to address the emergency. The the standard is quote the FDA may be effective end quote. That is a public document anyone can find. And the known and potential benefits outweigh the risk. All of and then the last point no adequate approved and available alternative. And I think that last line is key. That is necessary to get a vaccine approved on an emergency basis. And so hydroxychloroquine, if it were available and approved, would interfere with getting the vaccine approved on an emergency basis. And then they'd have to go through the normal lengthy process. I think that's the bottom line. And I sent this to Senator Johnson over the weekend because it is on the FDA website. It is available.
4: Yeah.
2: And the joke is that we're not going to see a
4: vaccine.
2: We're not going to see a vaccine at the minimum for six to eight months, period. And the likelihood of the mass of the American people taking this vaccine in a quantity large enough to get the, quote, herd immunity, say 60 to 70 percent vaccination rate, is not going to happen, in my opinion. So really, this delay is going to continue to kill people over and over and over again, and we have a drug that makes this manageable, just like strep throat is manageable with amoxicillin, another drug that never went through an FDA
4: double-blind study. Alright, we've got about a minute here. Dr. Vliet, could you hang on the line over the break and come and join us in the next uh, in the next segment as well? I know we 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 take up a lot of your time, but we'd be ever so grateful if you just join us for the beginning of the next segment. Is that possible, Dr. Vliet?
0: Absolutely happy to help you. This
4: is critical. Alright, fantastic. Thank you so much. We're really grateful for it. Jack, we are we are breaking news effectively here live on the show today, right? I mean, I'm not going to take credit for it. This isn't our work. This is the work of the, the great doctors out there. We're just bringing it, the information uh, to the public and between Dr. Zelenko and Dr. Lee, really trying to get our hands around this document, right? And as you, as, as Dr. Lee said, some parts of this thing still exist on the FDA website, but some parts of it don't. The, the, the PDF itself that we're looking at in front of us right now doesn't seem to still be on the FDA website. appears to have been pulled down, and we're looking at this, and, and we, you search the name of the document. It will take you to the FDA site, but it will take you to a broken link on the FDA site. Yes, and this
2: uh, document was published on July 29th, and I think it's very key for people to understand the emergency use authorization can only be for one drug at a time right so in order to skip hydroxychloroquine to get remdemosphere and the vaccines they're willing
4: to do it and we'll be right back war room pandemic with stephen k bannon
0: the epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide
4: war room pandemic here's your host stephen k bannon Well, I see that the audience in the live chat on YouTube right now are furiously digging through the FDA and the WHO websites um, looking for for more information on this. This is what we have, uh, Jack and Steve and Dr. Vliet. We have an audience that is concerned with action, with detail um, and they want to get into it. And so we're going to get into it more here in this segment, more after uh, the break as well, when Dr. Jan will join us also and in the next hour as well. So stick around. Hashtag war and pandemic episodes 315 and 316 today. I want to bring back... Dr. Vleet into this conversation. Dr. Vleet, we're very um, very, um, excited that you've been able to join us so many times over the last couple of weeks, and we're very grateful for your time. One of the things you mentioned in the last segment was the Department of Justice and the Attorney General, specifically Bill Barr, with regards to all of this. I want to go back to that for a moment, because many people will be looking at this and saying, wait a minute, what does the DOJ have to do with this? And specifically, what is Dr. Vliet talking about and asking the DOJ to do and asking the Attorney General to do here? So would you please unpack that for us and for this audience? Just walk us through why the DOJ uh, and what exactly they would be doing with, as regards what we're talking about here. Well, I think the
0: critical issue is that there have been Serious problems with the handling at the FDA level. Our medical organization is suing the FDA for these very issues, but there there, rises, there, there is another question, and that is how much of the suppression of information is intentional and how much of it is incompetence? And when you have an FDA warning on its website that says in big bold letters that hydroxychloroquine carries the risk of harm in the outpatient setting due to cardiac or heart rhythm problems. And they know when they posted that warning publicly that it only applied to hospitalized critically ill patients where there were many other causes of cardiac danger with the cytokine storm and all sorts of medical issues going on in the critical illness stage of this disease, they knew that. In fact, it's even more concerning because the FDA issued the emergency use authorization March 28th, but the the FDA PhD who Dr. Bright, who who wrote that emergency authorization, deliberately restricted it to hospitalized patients, instead of letting all of us doctors across the country make the decision to use it early when most antiviral medicines work. And in that restriction, the FDA was setting up the situation where it could only be used in the hospital setting, and they knew that. And 90% of the cases that came of it that that have been diagnosed in the United States were after March 28th. So, so emergency wh- use authorization. Why? Why the DOJ and what should the DOJ be looking restricted for? Restricted use. And so, therefore, we we they knew they only had hospital data, and then they extrapolated it completely incorrectly. And Dr. Rich has addressed this in detail. He's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is one drug for one disease restricted in the outpatient setting? Hydroxychloroquine, we can't use it for COVID, but we can use it for lupus and rheumatoid and malaria outpatients right. with no risk of harm. That does not make sense. It needs to be investigated. What are they covering up? Why are they doing it? And why are they costing us lives?
4: Doctor, that's that's very helpful. Um, thank you for that. And I, I just want to understand. So, are we are we talking about? I mean you use the word covering up. Are we looking at a criminal investigation here as it pertains to the, the the failure to save American lives?
0: Well, I think I'm not a I'm not an attorney. Yeah. I am a physician. Yeah. But I have never in my entire career seen the malfeasance that has gone on in the management of this drug. At the FDA with conflicting information, information that we can find as late as, as professionals in other ways that they have not released to the public. And the fact that there, there was a high level memo to the FDA in April mm. that warned them about this, about hydroxychloroquine being best used early, and they ignored it. And yeah. Dr. Fauci ignored it. Why is that happening? Someone needs to look into that. And then the whole question of, the smoking gun if they know that the only way they can get an approval on the vaccine is to have nothing else approved then why is that another reason that they're covering up the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine that every other country well, in the world is finding works well, if you give it early
4: yeah well certainly certainly These during
0: questions c- that need to be asked
4: certainly during last year's uh, impeachment saga uh, the politicians on Capitol Hill were very happy to try and get all the emails and correspondence that they could possibly get because the president had a, a longer phone call or a shorter phone call with somebody and in this case you know hundreds of thousands of people all across the world are, are, are dead as a result of this virus and I completely agree with you Dr. Lee, that, that we need to get to the bottom of this just very quickly um, uh, we've got about 90 seconds before our hard out here Dr. Lee. I know we ask you this a lot but if you were in the Oval Office today today what action would you recommend to the president of the United States that he could take today
0: he could take today signing an executive order that we sent him in April that said the FDA needs that he is overriding the FDA restriction and approving this drug for doctors to use at their discretion outpatient, early use, as Henry Ford and Baylor have requested since July 1 also. The second step he urgently needs to take is to issue an executive order that says the governors do not have the authority to override FDA regulations and restrict physicians making the decision for our patients. Mm. That has got to be done. We have got to have physicians free to make these medical decisions and not be threatened with losing their license by executive directors of medical boards who happen to be mostly lawyers, not doctors. Well, Doctor, Doctors Doctor, Vliet, we've got a hard, we've decision. got a hard
4: out here. I, I, completely agree. We've got a hard out here, but Doctor Elizabeth Lee Lee, thank you so much for joining us here on War and Pandemic, giving us the time. It's critical information from Doctor Lee, and hopefully from your, uh, from your lips to the president's is #Hashtag War and Pandemic returns episode three sixteen in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.